Hey, it's Moog, and welcome to another episode of the podcast. Today I'm going to be doing a deep dive into what my interpretation of the song Cowboy Like Me is about. I love to do a lyric analysis. When I was in high school, I had this English teacher named Miss Brown, and one of my favorite parts of her class was that she would tell us a poem. It was usually Emily Dickinson. She would tell us a poem and we would have to like guess what it was about and try to, you know, figure out what it was about. And I loved doing that. And I always saw queer subtext in her stuff. And I don't know what possessed me as a 16 year old in Redlands, uh, because I lived in Redlands for three years, to raise my hand and be like, Emily Dickinson was a lesbian, but I did. And she was nothing but uh, encouraging and positive about my interpretations. Um, she was also the first person I ever came out to as trans. So I love Miss Brown. Shout out to her. So the song Cowboy Like Me, if you don't know, is on this album called Evermore, which is Taylor Swift's gayest fucking album. Um, she completely ignores it because she can't het explain it away. And to me personally, I think Cowboy Like Me is so deeply queer coded. And I think it is one of the most honest songs that she has that she has hidden behind all of this imagery as she loves to do. And I find that when she uses a lot of imagery and metaphors or similes or allegories that people don't talk about the songs as much because they can't understand them. Like I think the Archer is so severely underrated, but people don't understand it. So I've done a little bit of a deep dive on my TikTok about this song before. But I'm going to go a little more in depth and all in one place here on the podcast to discuss Cowboy Like Me. If you don't know this song for some reason, I highly recommend you go listen to it and think about what it's about and then come back and listen to this and see where we line up. So to me, Cowboy Like Me tells the story of two people who realize that to get what they want in life and to get where they want in life, that they're going to have to hide a piece of themselves and sacrifice something in their lives for the bigger picture. They're hustling for the good life, willing to give up love or at least the normalcy that others are granted with love in order to be successful, which is kind of similar to the history of cowboys where they were historically gay with their partners, but then they led a straight life at home. Their public image was straight, but they were not. So they're, you know, having some aspect of normalcy at home and then having another one outside of it in order to, you know, be with the person that they are actually interested in. Now, with this song, I see an insane amount of references to the seven husbands of Evelyn Hugo, and this could very well be a song about Evelyn and Celia. Like, I have the strongest feeling that Taylor Swift has read that book, and being the cancer moon that she is, one, she cried, and two, because she's dramatic, she's going to pull an Evelyn Hugo later in life. I really think that she has signed a book deal, and that whole, is it possible to hint about things three years in advance? is like when you sign a book deal, it takes about three years for the book to come out. Um, but I digress. Evelyn and Celia and Carly and Taylor have so much in common, but I'll be looking at this from Taylor's point of view. So ultimately, in the song Cowboy Like Me, the lead person, Taylor, creates a plan, something up their sleeves to change the narrative, but it doesn't end the way that she wants it to because it never does. Now, Cowboy to me, seems to be like an allegory for outlaw or someone disrupting the flow of normalcy. So these two bandits meet and they can't help but fall in love with each other. Where, you know, 
she sits and waits for her to call just in case she could spend time with her to the point where they're willing to try to come out to take what comes with that in order to change the way the industry is and to be able to be in public together and not have to hide away as we've heard before it seems like taylor was very open to this especially with the lyric for you i would fall from grace just to touch your face which is dancing with their hands tied from reputation which we all think is about Kissgate. The lyric perched in the dark sets a scene of, you know, someone hiding in the shadows, sitting, waiting, watching, telling all the rich folks everything they want to hear. Now, contrary to what you might believe, Hollywood is run by old cishet white men with power levels and amounts of money that you could never even comprehend. Hollywood is not the booming liberal place that people think it is. Um, Harvey Weinstein was not the only bad guy out there. He was the guy who took the fall to make people think that it was over. It is a very dark industry, as you can tell by the amount of child actors who end up having mental breaks, becoming drug addicts, and typically overdosing. There is a just darkness to the way the entertainment industry is. Um, and they care about money and power more than anything else. And while Hollywood and the entertainment industry is in Southern California, they are profiting off every part of the world, and every part of the world is not liberal. So telling all these rich folks everything they want to hear to me is her trying to convince, you know, her team or like rich executives to let her come out during lover era as sexually fluid, saying it could be love, meaning the reaction could be love instead of hate, or at least the love would outweigh the hate. I could be the way forward. I could be the first person of my success level to come out like this. I could be the way forward to pave a path for all who come after me to let them know it's okay to be out. And then only if they pay for it, meaning her sales would very well take a hit and it could cost money in the inevitable backlash. We could be the way forward only if I pay for it, meaning her and her significant other could pave the way together only if Taylor pays for it by the damage her image would face and the fans she might lose for coming out on top of the loss of money. And then in the bridge, which is my personal favorite part, and I have a tattoo on my thigh dedicated to the line, and the skeletons in both our closets plotted hard to fuck this up. Like one, closet? Two, despite their best efforts, something got in the way. You know, I don't know what exactly I think about the Taylor timeline, but I think Taylor promised that she was going to come out during the lover era and then the master's issues happened, plus the Katy Perry kissing rumor and her seeing a bunch of people freak out that she was going to possibly kiss a woman on the Tumblr backlash. And she kind of had no choice but to shelve the idea because like one, she would have lost the old country fans who are going to have to buy the re-records and lose sales when she's trying to prove a point to Scooter and Big Machine and make insane sales and take people and make people forget about the old versions. And two, I think people would have ran to her old songs and streamed them even more if she had come out and tried to listen from a queer perspective and figure out what songs might have been about women, which would have gone directly into Scooter and BMR's pockets. And from what we know, kind of from NT's blog and NT's podcast, they had a falling out that had to deal with Taylor feeling like her privacy was invaded because Carly wasn't taking it seriously. And I think, you know, having to hide was ultimately detrimental to their relationship. So now perhaps my favorite line, 
Now you hang from my lips like the gardens of Babylon. This line is insane to me. So the hanging gardens of Babylon are considered to be one of the seven wonders of the world, but no one actually has any definitive proof whether they exist or not. We only know about them because of their legacy and writing. There's no archaeological evidence that they ever existed, and there are no surviving Babylonian texts that mention the gardens. There's three theories about the gardens of Babylon. First is that they were purely mythical um, because Greek and Roman mythology represented a romantic ideal of an eastern garden. Two, that they existed in Babylon but were destroyed sometime around the first century AD. And thirdly, um, the legend refers to a well-documented garden that a king built in his capital city uh, near the modern city of Mosul. And I'm sorry if I butchered the name of that. It's a major city in northern Iraq. So this line to me is like this beautiful, wonderful thing that existed, but no one knows whether it really existed. And only my mouth can ever tell the tale of us in this love. It only lives on in the legacy of my writing and my songs, the lyrics that she's singing out of her lips. That line is so fucking nuts. Are you kidding me? I just like, I would love to be inside of her brain. I, I just, I can't. Now... Your Boots Beneath My Bed could be a reference to Whose Bed Have Your Boots Been Under by Shania Twain, because Kaylor was together while publicly with the men that they're swindling, which for Taylor is PR contracts. Or it could be as simple as, you're still here with me, but not physically. Um, as we've heard recently in Hits Different, she has the line that's like, cried over a hat, which means she probably like found a hat. So I think it's like metaphorical for like their lives were ingrained and intertwined with each other. And forever is the sweetest con, is losing that person and realizing she may never love anyone else because that person was it for her. Not getting the forever you imagined and thinking that you'll never love again because this person changed you. The outro she is continuously repeating, I'm never going to love again. And that is so sad. To meet someone who changed everything for you, made you willing to give it all up, in order to be together and then you don't get to be with them i gotta say guys this song was not high on my list when i first listened but to be honest i did not like folklore or evermore when i first listened to them when taylor does a genre switch it takes me a minute to come back around and get on board with it and i was also going through the biggest at the time biggest heartbreak of my life i've since had a bigger heartbreak that was worse um, where I was in a narcissistic relationship and I was like, I'm not fucking listening to these songs. Like the song happiness, like had me fucked up since I've become a gayler, um, over the last year or so and gotten into blind items and jumped on the Kaler train. I've been able to listen to those songs from a queer perspective. And now I'm starting to see the patterns and stuff. And I really do. <clears throat> and I really do think this is one of her most queer coded songs. Even if you just look at this as Evelyn and Celia, it is so specific to the idea of going into the industry for fame and being willing to sacrifice love for success, but then meeting someone who you can't help but love anyways and someone you'd risk it all for. It's so sad and it's so passionate and I love this song. So yeah, that is my interpretation of the song Cowboy Like Me. I'm curious to know what you guys all think of this song. Um, I posted this on TikTok and a lot of people think it's about PR and bearding. And I think that that's what it 
references in the bridge when it says the old men that I've swindled really did believe I was the one. But I don't think this is to someone you're bearding with. I think this is to the person that you have to hide and get a beard over. Please be sure to give me a five-star review wherever you are listening today. As always, you can find me on TikTok and other social media at Hey It's Moog. And if you're interested in hearing my songs that I write about someone who is basically my Carly, please go check out my original music anywhere that you can stream or buy music. My name is Moog Ferlita, and my debut EP, Want To, Wish I Hadn't, is out everywhere now. The last three songs are the ones that are ultra-specific to the person that I uh, lost as she got married to someone else and is not in my life. But uh, those songs were written before that happened. And yeah, I hope you'll check it out. Make sure you subscribe so you never miss an update on this podcast. And I will catch you all later. Take care. Bye.